welcome back to Professionally Planned with Caitlin and M. And I'm Caitlin. And that's and that's M. <laughs> we really gotta work on the intro thing. I mean, we've got the outro down though. Yeah, with the jazz hands. Maybe there needs to be jazz hands in the intro. I don't know. Can you ever have too much jazz hands? Maybe it's spirit fingers for them? Maybe. Maybe. Well, we're back for another week of um podcasting extravaganza i can't believe it's been two weeks since we recorded last i know and my mind is like man we should just record every week but then i'm like my schedule is going to get way too hectic so i'm fine with the once every other week kind of thing that we're doing right now but mm-hmm. either that or we gotta stop doing it on friday nights because like that's when everybody goes live and i want to watch it but like i also you know i also want to talk to you I also want to have like a social life and go out on Friday nights but I'm kidding this is like you're 25 stop (laughs) (laughs) like we could be having libations right now we could not I have have a cookie but I have this um half filled coke from Wendy's the other half got dumped on me in the drive-thru um because he handed it to me with the cap not all or the top not all the way off (laughs) So I'm like sitting in the drive-thru and I'm like, it's fine. It, it happens. Don't worry about it. And I'm like sticky and it's all over my sweater. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home and wash myself off before this podcast recording. I don't know. I suppose maybe I just needed to be humbled today. I was flying a little too high from the sticker shop launch. I just needed a, I just needed a Coke dumped on me. It's like a carry moment, but it's cherry coke instead of pig's blood. Exactly. Um, so that's that's what's going on today. That's that's amazing. The first the first two weeks though of April are always nuts with like sticker shops launching. I don't really remember it from last year, but I guess if I had to like mentally transport myself back to then, I suppose it was also really busy. Oh, I just mean of any month, the first two weeks or when everyone's like, launch, launch, launch. I mean, we both had launches today. So, I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get there. But overall, um, catch me up. What's going on in your life? Well, I'll have to think actually, because this past week, my life has just been like period pain and prepping for this sticker shop launch because we were basically launching a a week or two earlier than usual because of the Etsy boycott which we'll talk about later we'll get there (laughs) yeah we'll get there there hasn't been anything really just like notably great or notably bad happening in my life it's just been kind of like I'm exhausted I'm in pain from my period mental health not doing so great uh but I think we're on the upswing oh I got a new planner which that's planner something did you new get? that is something new I got a moxie life okay I, I definitely knew that but I was just asking for the sake of asking oh yeah I didn't even hear what you said because I was just like ooh, moxie life in my head is that did you swap the rightosaurus for that one yes but I think I, I think I want to use the rhinosaurus to like use up stickers, if that makes sense. Like do like all those hugely decorative layouts that you know you don't ever actually use. I don't know. Like a fun planner. Yeah, like a fun planner. 
sometimes I'm like, I just want to make YouTube videos of me making things that I don't have any intention of planning in, but that feels like cheating. It's, See, it's know, only cheating if you pretend like you're going to do something in it. I just want to make the spreads and I like, I could just give them away to people too, but I just want to make things. And I feel yeah. like I'm getting sucked into the same like black hole of boxes on boxes on boxes because my life has been just hectic as all hell mm -hmm. um and then I don't get to use the decorative stuff and I want to use the decorative stuff you can still be functional without having boxes maybe that's what you should try and do uh this week it's like as a challenge to yourself make a spread and you're not allowed to use any boxes I mean have you tried writing in a happy planner directly on the pages uh, no no I have not yeah. I, I, I feel inclined to write on top of the stickers because any pen that I use tends to like ghost through it mm -hmm. um, or the pages are a little glossy so my paper mate flare doesn't dry completely and I smudge it plus That's I kind of just like the compartmentalizing of all the different tasks into their own little time boxes but I just saying dislike or you like oh I like I like how everything gets its own box mm -hmm. though I used to plan in a classic and then it got too cluttered. So then I moved up to the big and now it's too cluttered. And I'm like, is there a size above a big planner? You're just gonna get a butcher roll of paper and you're gonna be like, this is my planner for the week. Oh God, it's too cluttered. Yeah, I know, <laughs> it's a mess. Um, but yeah, everything has its own little, own little place. Um, I feel content with the planner that I'm currently in, honestly. I know planner pieces like, always in the horizon but I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at right now so I know that you're happy with your planner but how are things going for you in just like regular day-to-day -day life um I mean I think we're in the same boat with like lots and lots of period pain and prepping for the sticker shop launch this was my biggest collection yet which took it was an undertaking that's for sure I finally got around to hosting that 10K giveaway that I, I promised I would do. And tonight, the night of recording, it's gonna end roughly around the time that we finish or end uh, recording this. So then I'll get to pick someone mm -hmm. uh, like through a random number generator. <laughs> one of my friends was talking to me. They were like, oh man, why, why do girls always do so much better on hot ones? Which is, you know, where they eat the really spicy wings. And I just typed back, I was like, it's because we know pain. We know what pain feels like. That is not pain. <laughs> okay, I could take a lot of like physical pain, but spicy I can't do. Like hot yeah. wings I cannot do. I mean, I'm not saying I can do it either, but it's like if I had to pick between like eating a hot wing, like for not even for an hour, I get to just like eat it and be done or like go through a week of my period, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably pick the wing. Well, you're getting food in one of those options. I mean, <laughs> easy choice. I'm trying to think about what else I've been up to this week. Um, it's been a good week for brand collabs. So I've spent all my money on things that I probably didn't need to spend my money on, but the Stony Clover Lane Target collab happened this week, which I woke up in the middle of the night and I bought stuff online and then for once in my life, I got up and went to the store at op like the opening, and I stood outside with a group of people waiting to go in at 
7 or 8 a.m. to shop the in-store launch. And I'm so angry I didn't buy more while I was in the store because they canceled part of my online order. And I saw the things when I was there in the store. I'm like, oh, Caitlin, don't worry. They're coming in the mail. But they're never going to come in the mail. <laughs> they never come in the mail. At least this time around, they didn't mess up as bad as they have with like previous designer launches, um, like the Hunter Target collab or the Lily Pulitzer Target collab. I think in both of those instances, the site crashed when it went live and things sold out and then they canceled a bunch of orders and then like didn't even like send an email or an apology. They just refunded you for whatever they canceled. At least this time around, I had two different patches and then like a little uh, like bag, like a little nylon bag. And those three things got canceled and they refunded me. And then they sent an apology email and then they gave me a $25 Target gift card. So that wasn't bad. I'm still angry that I didn't get my stuff, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> I would have ordered that stuff if it meant I got a $25 gift card. I think it just irritates me to no end seeing what people are selling on like Poshmark, like marking the stuff up. Like the resellers are just pissing me off because it's like, so you bought up everything online to sell them for triple the price. And I can't even get my online order when I woke up at 2 a.m. to buy stuff. Like, <laughs> That's why I hate things like eBay and Poshmark and stuff just a little bit because of like that limited, exclusive, you know, sort of branding that they put on it intrinsically mm -hmm. means that people are just going to buy it. And, you know, even in the planner community, resell it on like the buy, sell, trade groups. There are some people who want and like would be willing to pay. And I actually saw this $300 for the uh, Villa Beautiful uh, gem pen. I thought you were going to say the, the Happy Planner Miss Baker original book, because I've also seen that go for $300 on the internet. I mean, probably. I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Especially when in this case, it's like, I got it for free. I know. I'm like... I, I'm fine. And I, I managed to get a lot of the stuff that I was interested in getting. So I should be very happy with that. And I just went back to return some stuff that came in online. Well, okay. So when I went on the first day when it opened, like right at opening, I was able to snag some stuff that sold out really quick and it was on my wish list, and I was excited about it. And then I took it home and I looked at it and I'm like, this isn't for me. One of the things was like a bucket hat and I'm not a bucket hat person. I know, I'm, I know you're making that face. I'm not a bucket hat person, but it was like a cute like purple terry cloth with like these hearts on it. And I'm like, maybe I could be a bucket hat person for this hat. And then I took it home and I tried it on and I'm like, nope, not a bucket hat person. So Why I went back- try it on in store? It was kind of like a mad rush in the, in the section because it was like the first opening day. So I was like, I'm just gonna buy what I had on my wish list to take it home and deal with it there. And plus, I feel like even if I tried it on in stores, I'd probably like it a lot more um, than if I took it home and tried it on. So I, I tried on a bunch of stuff at home and then I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. So I ended up going back and returning a bunch of stuff that afternoon. And the sales girl who was like returning stuff was like, you're returning this already? Someone's going to be really happy that this showed up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to bring it back to the store. Like, I'm not going to go and sell it online. I some of the things I was, I was like returning were things that were going for a crazy amount online, but I'm like, it's just not for me and I'm going to bring it back and someone else can have it. Um, it's how this works. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like 
you know, when, I, I get it if in that case, right, if you're like, oh, I don't want to, like, I mean, it's too far to go back to the store, I'll just sell it online, versus the people who would buy, like, a hundred bucket hats. Mm-hmm. And the, the selection at the store was actually a lot more limited than I thought it was going to be, like, there was a duffel bag that I had on my wish list, which I ended up keeping because it was, like, my top item that I wanted um they only had two of any given color and there were like four colors so they had a total of eight duffel bags and if you got one of the two you got one of the two but I went at opening and obviously they all sold out then um so it was limited in the stock and yeah I would just prefer that someone else who shows up to the store get like what they're looking for I went back today to do a return of some pants that came from the online order because they were like very very see-through and then I found someone else's returned stuff and I'm like oh I was looking for this so I got someone else's like stuff that got returned so it's a fun little game there I don't know I like the target designer collabs no I do too I I think I got from the from the ones where they did it with like designer designer I got like a little cardigan thing it was pretty cute oh yeah I have a dress I know which one you're talking about um there were like four different designers yeah yeah exactly that one but I got a dress from Sandy Lang. Liang? I don't remember. Is that the one that where it's like hot pink and orange? I don't know. It's like a gingham dress with like <laughs> a big collar. Mm-hmm. You're doing your prairie chic. My my prairie chic. Um, yeah. So I love the Target collabs. Lily Sadugi, which is the really expensive headbands that I like, was doing this collab oh, with the fashion blogger. Um, so it was like dollars. It was, it was $200. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. I have a handful of them. They're like my pride and joy, but this was a very fun, exclusive collab headband. I just can't fathom spending that much on a headband. Like that was my entire target. Like when I went in the other day and I was buying acrylic organizers and things like that. (laughs) Okay. But how much did you spend last time you went shopping for books? $60. Okay. And I got three books, but I did immediately go, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I am. I mean, adult, like, we all have our different hobbies that we're willing mm-hmm. to invest more money into. And I think I'm looking for an excuse to spend money after I've kind of like moved away from buying like mass amounts of stickers. Although my Etsy purchases are like through the roof right now. I keep buying things on Etsy. Oh yeah. I was about to be like, if anyone listening to this podcast needs an excuse to spend money, Amuse Designs just launched. <laughs> Although, Although the episode goes live, we will yes. be amidst an Etsy boycott. Yes. I think it ends on the 18th. Yes. So Caitlin, tell us, why are we boycotting Etsy for a week? I mean, okay. So you, you ask, why are we... I am personally, I don't, I'm not going to close my shop. So, yes. I, so I mean the royal we, why is the, why is the planner community and just everyone making a big deal out of this? That's what, that's my question. Yeah. Um, and it's not isolated to the planner community. It's just like Etsy in general. Um, I think the number one reason is that Etsy has decided to increase their profit cut. So before they were making 5% off of whatever you sold to get 5% of the proceeds. Um, But they've increased that to six and a half percent, which doesn't feel like a very, like, okay, it's one and a half percentage bigger, but that really means they're getting a 30% cut bigger than that, you know? Like it's 30% greater to move from five to six and a half. And then they back it up by, 
yeah, the math, you know, I have a mathematician here, should be consulting my, my, my experts, but um, so they're increasing that and they claim it's because they're offering all these wonderful selling tools um, and that they'd like to see their small business community growing. Um, we don't with, want those tools. No, the tools that they're introducing are awful. One of which is this, um, and I'm, you're, you're a star seller on Etsy. Yeah, so I got seller. my first one of those. It just showed up. They, t- they were like, oh, we're charging you a dollar and 20 cents because someone saw a targeted ad. And I'm like, I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah, the targeted ads are one of their wonderful, um, <laughs> great, great tools for sellers is that they will advertise for you without you asking them to advertise for you on other platforms. And then they charge that 20% cut. Which is it 20? I thought it was 30. No, it's 20, I think. Okay. Either way, it was an $8 order. You're the mathematician here. And what $4 of it was shipping. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of their things. The Star Seller Program, which they, they say incentivizes customer service. Although I, I have a very hard time. Like, so Star Seller rests on three tenants. The first is that you respond to any and all messages you receive in 24 hours, on the weekends, um, anytime, like holidays, that kind of thing. So you have 24 hours to respond to any Etsy message you get. And people send all sorts of things in Etsy messages, some of which don't warrant replies, but then you have to give a reply so that your percentage doesn't go down. Like I'll get messages that'll say, oh, my package arrived today. Thank you so much. And then I have to like, then go in and type a response to that, um, which is like one more thing to add to my list. So if you don't respond within 24 hours, you get marked down on your percentage. Uh, The second tenant is that you maintain 95% five-star reviews, um, which I mean, I've, I've met that threshold. You've met that threshold. It's not terrible to like get to that threshold although and this is something I was talking to someone else about like it's it's hard because some people have a very skewed idea of what like the difference between a four-star and a five-star review is yeah and it might as well be on a system of one star and five star because anything less than a five-star counts against you um and I got like a I think I may have mentioned this last week I got a four-star review that was like these products are great. I love the color. They're going to look great in my planner. And I'm like, okay, can you give me some constructive feedback as to why it's not five stars? But in their head, it very well could have been, you know, it's a great product. That's a four-star review. Um, But Etsy doesn't make it very explicitly clear that anything less than a five-star might as well be a one-star review because it drops your percentage down. Um, So five-star reviews is one of their little star seller things. And then the last one is... um, shipping on time 95 percent shipping on time which isn't um like an absurd thing for them to ask that you ship things that's like the one thing that i'm like yeah you should be shipping on time and i've purchased from etsy shops that have not shipped on time and then i get frustrated you know like if you are the one who's picking the time frame in which things are shipping then you should be upholding said time frame so i agree with that one um but the first two are a little wishy-washy in my mind and it's again like when reviewing um is like so up in the air and so subjective it's hard to like deal with that and then they prioritize in search results if you have that star seller badge and 
but the thing is is that so like so let's just say for example caitlin and i we both run sticker shops hers is, is in terms of numbers more successful than mine but i have a star seller okay which first of all doesn't make any sense because clearly she has more sales wouldn't that make her a star seller but also when they're prioritized they prioritize you in the search results sure but I think that with the star sellers, they're also going to prioritize you in the targeted ads, which actually punishes the star sellers. I hadn't even thought of it that way, but you are probably correct in doing that. Like they want to put their like star sellers forward, but then they're putting the people who are actually like putting the work in at a disadvantage. Like, and I know why I'm not a star seller. And I've kind of accepted in my mind that maybe I would rather just not have that label because it's just something that is kind of unobtainable to me. Like it's the messages. Like it's I get a lot, of, to I get a lot of Etsy messages and I don't always get to them within 24 hours because Etsy is not my full-time job. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people who are on Etsy are hobby sellers rather than full-time sellers. There's some full-time sellers on Etsy who are running like mm-hmm. their entire business off of Etsy. And that's like, okay, if you want to run your business off of Etsy and then you can do all your professional stuff over there. But for someone who like has a full-time job outside of like sticker shop stuff, it's hard for me to like check in and operate it for like, a, I don't know, like a few hours every day because again, it's not my full-time job. I try to really do all my Etsy stuff on the weekends and messages get like kind of pushed back and I'll respond to them in time, but it's, yeah. I hate that 24 hour rule. <laughs> so that's like sort of basically the, the fees is the big reason why people are boycotting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the question then is, you know, so the, there's sort of, there's two parts to the boycott. There's not buying on Etsy as a, as a consumer and there's closing your shop. And so the thing is, is like, I, so like I'm going to participate from the customer as, aspect where like I'm not going to be buying on Etsy during that one week. I'm not going to close my shop though. That's what I'm doing too. I tried to make all of my Etsy purchases like I'm going to this weekend and like over the course of the last week. So I mean at least um, the people who are like the, the shops that I'm shopping from might have like orders to pack while people aren't shopping at their shops. But from the perspective of me, like selling stuff, you know, it's, it's hard for me to close down for a week um, for a number of reasons. Like I just had my, my April release today and I don't think it's a smart business move for me to like release a bunch of products and then shut down right away. Um, Some of them being like time sensitive things like Mother's Day stickers, which if you want Mother's Day stickers, you know, you got to buy ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that, um, putting your shop into vacation mode, like by closing it, you know, they're not like permanently shutting down. Although I, I think some people are permanently. Oh, some people definitely down. are. Yeah. Um, like even putting your shop into that vacation mode, which is like a temporary close where people can't buy from you. Then when you reopen, it puts you at a disadvantage in the search engine, like results, like your, your, um, like the, the, the way it prioritizes your listings is disadvantaged after coming off of that. So then some people are staying open, but then they're going to deactivate all their listings. 
so that they can't be purchased. The shop's open, but there's no like listings that exist in it. Um, for that so short much work. Time. It's so much work. Um, and I'm just like, I'm going to stay open. I feel like not only am I being like, not punished, but like put at a disadvantage because Etsy's making these decisions. Now people are telling me that they're in solidarity with me by not purchasing from me. Um, and it's hard because like, I understand the overall aim is to like show Etsy, like look what happens when people don't buy from your platform. But Etsy's made up of a lot of different small businesses. So it's it's really like, look what happens when you don't buy from small businesses. Um, it, yeah, it really, there's a lot of nuance in it because it's like, we, you know, Etsy is a large corporation that bought out basically all of its competitors and then is raising their fees. So it's essentially sort of, you know, monopolizing the sort of small business crafty marketplace thing. And like, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not closing my shop. Honestly, we don't make enough sales in a month for me to be able to afford to close our shop. And I don't want to, you know, if there's been someone who doesn't know about this Etsy thing, who's been saving up their money so they can buy our Tetris stickers, I don't want to punish them and make them wait. Like, they can have the Tetris stickers. And like, for me as a shopper, like, and if I, I see someone's shop is closed or whatever, I just move on to the next one. I'll just find someone who's open to shop from. Um, if I'm looking for a specific thing, like if the, if I'm looking for book stickers and I search book stickers and I, your shop is closed and you have book stickers, I'm not going to see them in the results. So I'm just going to move on to someone who's open. Um, exactly. So there's that. I've kind of come to rely on having the extra stream of income to like pay for things like utilities and rent. And it's like, it's hard for me to like be like, oh yeah, I'll give up a week of this month's, this month's income, like 25% of my like stream of income for this month. I mean, I'm getting paid from like grad school, but grad school does not pay like, mm -hmm. like a livable wage. Um, no, no, you no. are far below the poverty line when you were in grad school. Yeah, like, um, and if we're talking numbers, I think I get paid a thousand two hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm. and that's after like, taxes. That is after taxes. So that's what I'm like living with right now. So then the Etsy supplements that income, like possibly even like paying double, double that. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be like oh yeah, I'll just give up my, my income for a week. I will live by on my fun little poverty wages. Um, mm -hmm. And I like know that I made my decision to like go to grad school, but it, it's it been like, I've kind of come to rely on this extra stream of income and just kind of giving that up is difficult for me. Oh no, absolutely. And I mean, like, so for, for us with Amuse Designs, this is really just a hobby that we're doing. Like we are, we are technically profitable <laughs> but like you know we're, we're not in it for the money it's just for fun but like I don't think that closing our shop is going to have the desired effect like if, if I knew that closing my shop would make Etsy get rid of their targeted ad program would I do it yes mm -hmm. but it's not and yeah. like 
I, I think that maybe they'll, they might not increase the seller fees, which would be great because yeah. there are already so many fees. And like, but. yeah, I mean, I'm just going to backtrack from it, like to yeah. kind of revisit something I just said, like, mm-hmm. okay, I can go without a week of income. I'm not trying to say that I'm going to be bankrupted if I don't have Etsy for a week. Mm-hmm. Like obviously after our conversation about $200 headbands and Stony Clover, all that stuff, like Mm-hmm. It just helps me live more comfortably and enjoyably, I would say. Like, that's my mm-hmm. fun money. So I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks to like have that stream of income gone. But if I believed in the power of this boycott, I would probably participate. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be effective um, in doing like the intended aim of it. And when I even like posted about it on my Instagram stories, I got so many messages that were like, there's an Etsy boycott? What's going on? There's a boycott? Hadn't heard of a boycott. And it's like, it's just so such a small like grassroots thing at this point that I don't know. It, it just does not feel oh, like yeah. it's going to be effective. And like, that's not to say that you shouldn't, you know, stand up for things that matter to you, no matter how small and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, you, you do also have to pick your battles. And I think that, you know, if I were to pick a cause that, you know, would be, would be worth dying for or something, it would not be Etsy. Like there are more important things than that. So I'm not, I'm not taking it too seriously, but I think that I, th- I do think that for a lot of people where this is like their only source of income, this could be, you know, make or break for them. Yeah, because like, okay, so it's a 1.5% difference. So for every $100 that you make, that's an additional additional dollar and a half that you ha- have to pay to Etsy, which isn't a lot. But then you get to like $1,000 and it becomes $15. Um, and like it goes, it it just accumulates and it's a lot of money. And I think one of the concerns that a lot of people have is if they're willing to do this so soon after they last increased their their percentage cut it used to be three percent if they're willing to do this so soon after they last increased it what's to stop them from raising it to eight percent next year or the year after that and they all they already so that's on after you like get paid they also charge you to list on their site and like every single like anytime someone for example buys a sticker sheet from me it cost me money to put that sticker sheet up and then they also auto charge me to like to like restock it and i think that's the thing that people don't realize about like etsy is that when you're listing multiples of the same item so say i have like 30 of a mother's day sticker sheet mm-hmm. i pay an initial 20 cents for like the listing to like stay active but once someone buys one it considers the lack or considers the listing like it has been sold. So then you have to renew it for the 20 cents. So it's 20 cents on top of every single item that you sell, no matter if it's on that same listing, that same initial listing. And like, oh, the thing that, the thing that worries me is like, I'm, I'm glad that we're so small as a business because I can turn off that targeted ad feature, but then being able to say like, yeah, and we led them to your shop. So we're taking 20% is ridiculous. I, and I can't opt out of that. I'm at the point where I can't opt out of the targeted ads. And thankfully, like 
not a lot of traffic is coming from their targeted ads. Um, I've had like maybe two purchases from someone who's maybe clicked on an ad that they saw on Facebook or something like that for my shop. And it's like, whenever they do that, whenever you buy through those targeted ads, I essentially make no money on, on the, on the items. Like, I mean, I think I make some money, like 20% is not like the whole profit portion of like a listing, but it's still but like, they're taking 5% of also with that. And then you charge a shipping fee, which you don't get. Yeah. And they charge you money to ship. They charge you like a 5% fee to ship. But their label, their label service is cheaper than other places, unless you're using like pirate ship. Either way. But have we talked about here before how to avoid uh, the targeted ad feature as a consumer? We have touched on it a little bit, but I think just to reiterate, like anytime you see an Etsy ad on a site that's not Etsy, um, don't click on it. Like if you see something you like and it, it says like, Mother's Day sticker sheet from Caitlin Plans or something like that. You can just open another tab, go to Google, search Etsy, and then search whatever you saw there and it'll pop up. And that mm -hmm. will benefit the, the seller and you'll still get the same product. Or potentially, if you're like, if for whatever reason you don't want to Google it, you could click it, copy the link, and open an incognito window. That might work. I think the incognito is the most important piece of that because there are like cookies attached to yeah, anytime yeah. you so click that only works if you're using Chrome. So like, and that's the way that affiliate links work too. So if you mm -hmm. click on M's Archer and Olive affiliate link, then your computer knows for like however long it keeps the cookie around like 30 days or whatever, that any sales you make on that site are now tagged to your account or whatever. So there's like tracking links on that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but Oh, interesting oh. thing about that, actually. If you were to click my Archer and Olive affiliate link, and then you clicked somebody else's Archer and Olive affiliate link, it would still be mine. Yeah. Nuts. <sighs> I can't even pretend to, like, understand half of how technology works, but it is frustrating. Well, what's worse is that, like, technology is part of my job, and I still don't understand how it works. But yeah, moral of the story here is don't click targeted ads on other sites. Um, and Etsy has a lot of fees associated with it. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I don't know of anyone who's personally like raising their prices to account for this increase, but I don't think it's a far-fetched assumption that someone, that some people will start to raise their prices if Etsy continues to raise their, their cut of the profit. Yes, because it, it does make sense that in order to make the same amount of profit that you're making now, that you'd have to increase your prices to go along with the fee increase. It's just math. You can trust mm -hmm. me, I'm a mathematician. But like, I mean, there are, you know, so we just added clear as an option at our, in our shop, mm -hmm. which is just intrinsically more expensive. Yeah. Which I don't think, I, I didn't understand before why people would charge like a dollar more for it. And I'm like, oh, because it's twice the cost of paper. Yeah, it is. I, and I wasted so many clear sheets because I was printing on the wrong side. And then I accidentally printed my shipping labels on clear. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And I did it for all four of my sales today. <laughs> oh 
are you at least going to use them? Do I get a, a fancy clear label on my package? No, I was worried that like the, the post office, like it wouldn't be able to read it or something because it was on white. And I was like, okay, okay. So I'll just put it on paper and then I'll tape it onto the envelope. And I was like, I tried to peel it up and it just immediately crinkled. And I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I mean, okay. So clear, clear paper is just more expensive. And I also run into like more of the, the oops sticker sheets with it. Um, because if you're printing with like an inkjet printer, it just doesn't handle as well. Um, like there's a lot of banding where the ink kind of stripes, it makes stripes sometimes. And I have an issue with it, particularly on larger expanses of darker colors. So I've been trying to move away from like certain designs on clear sticker paper, just because I'm realizing that it's not profitable to keep trying and still end up with like all these oops sticker sheets. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I've been dealing with with the clear paper, but I think it does look nice in your planner. It does. It really does. I will, I will also say in terms of some like hot deets for, uh, for the podcast, cause this is going up on like the 15th or something, right? Yeah. Okay. So as soon as the Etsy strike is over, I'm hosting a spring cleaning sale in my shop. <laughs> cause I'm just like, why not? You can look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. I've just been, um, I mean, I always, I have a section in my shop that's like laugh chance and it's just things that are kind of seasoned out. Um, like if I made too many Valentine's Day sticker sheets, they're just mm -hmm. kind of sitting over there for cheap. Um, and the, the coupon codes work on top of them. So if you use a rep code, you can get more off of that last chance sale stuff. You um, can use code M15 for 15% off in Caitlin's shop. I am a rep. This is a little bit of nepotism. A little there are bit. also other codes. There are also other codes. Um, but we have one of my, my fabulous reps here on the show today. Um, so I, I'm circling back to this, this Etsy boycott to just kind of close this out. Um, do you think you're ever going to move away from Etsy? I know you weren't on Etsy and then you moved over to Etsy. Do you ever think you're just going to go back to not being on Etsy? I don't know. I don't want to deal with all of the whole like filing business stuff, you know, like in order to actually have a legal business, there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through, which we've talked about before. Mm. Um, and I, I just don't know. We like when I think our problem was that we didn't start on Etsy because if you start on Etsy, you build a customer base, then you can move and that's fine. And like, you can leave your Etsy shop up there with your listings and have everything deactivated and with a little link that says, hey, go visit my site. I don't think anytime soon. I think we're gonna be sticking with Etsy for a while. But you, have you gotten your website stuff figured out? Okay, so I mean, I own the website. I pay Shopify $30 a month to keep their, their like services active. So. I, theoretically I could start selling things over there anytime I wanted um the issue is taxes and figuring out sales tax and figuring out like business registration stuff especially because I live in like I go back and forth between two different states so then I'm like well where do I file said said business in because I ship things out of both states and I'm a tax nightmare to begin with and I don't want to get audited and I'm terrified of like having done my taxes wrong after 
Like that's the one thing they don't tell you, like the, the less glamorous side of being an influencer is that every stream of income requires like paperwork and documentation. And I'm trying to now recollect like in, in April, like, okay, so who paid me last year? Like some people didn't give me forms for paying me. Like, and they also don't tell you if you're receiving a certain amount of money in product, you also have to pay taxes on that, even if it's just items they're sending you. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're being sent things, you technically have to pay taxes on them too. But they're you, using it as a tax deduction. Yeah, you technically have to pay on the value of the products that they've sent you. It's kind of like when you're on a game show and you win the prize mm -hmm. and then you have to pay taxes on the prize. See now, okay, I, neither of us are experts on tax law. No. So don't take this as like Caitlin is tax tax attorney or accountant over here. Um, but these are things that I have been told in trying to figure out taxes. So just heed my warning and look into them yourself is what I'm saying. Because I thought for whatever reason that like if you didn't make more than six hundred dollars from something, like let's say an affiliate program, mm -hmm. that you didn't have to pay taxes on it. You don't, but you have to report it as income. So I've heard. How do you, how do you report it? I, I, okay, this is why they should teach you how to do taxes in school. They really should. And there needs to be some kind of like course that I could take for like the ins and outs of like influencer marketing or whatever. <laughs> like I wouldn't consider myself an influencer, but this is like what I'm talking about is like- You are an influencer. You have 10,000 followers. You have the little K. That means you yeah. made it. Well, okay, um, but okay, <laughs> okay, um, but no, they need to like. I need some kind of course that's like, mm -hmm. here are the ins and outs of this. Like, I have somehow stumbled into like social media brand deals, and I don't know what to do with this information. Um, so taxes are one thing that I'm not good at, and my dad is handling it for the most part. But it's like. What paperwork do I need to send to him? And then mm -hmm. Etsy's paperwork is kind of scrambled because it reports a lot of different numbers. Oh, I'm so worried about Etsy because like they don't they don't tell me like what forms I have to fill out for the government in terms of taxes. Like they just say, oh yeah, give us the taxes and then we'll give it to them. <laughs> I don't know and I don't want to think about it and I don't want to get audited. <laughs> I know. That's one of my biggest fears too. Like I have nightmares. I'm just going to wake up and the IRS is going to be in my house. They're going to be in my house and I'm going to get arrested because I forgot to record like a $15 gift card I got for posting a planner. I don't know, but it's terrifying to think They're about. fees for like Im improper filing or something. They don't tell you you have them and then they just grow really, really big. Like there's this, there's this meme that I've seen a couple times that's like, the government says you owe them money and then you're like well how much money do i owe you and then the government's like we don't know you got to figure that out yourself and i'm like okay so i figured it out um what if it's wrong well you owe us more money then like it doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't make sense i mean especially for you with like your business existing and doing that you gotta get like i mean you have your dad yeah but like uh, you know, you definitely would want to get an accountant. Yeah, that's like the one thing I was even this year, I'm like, I'm filing taxes in two different states because I have jobs in two different states. And then I have all the independent stuff with the social media work. 
And then I have some like non-taxed income because it's work study and associated with the university. I'm a tax nightmare. Um, and there. So I'm like, do you want me to just get an, an accountant? And he's like, no, I'm going to figure it out. We're not paying for an accountant. It's a matter of pride. Okay. <laughs> so that's what's going on tax wise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I think if you haven't filed your taxes yet, I think you have until April 18th this year. I believe so. So when this podcast goes up and you haven't touched your taxes. Oh yeah, it's almost too late. Almost too late. Get to your taxes. So so all these taxes aside, um, this week Amazon deck for the small business shout out. Are you going to sing your jingle for us again? Oh God. Um, oh God. Are you going to record it? Did you, did you actually, I didn't listen to the episode. No, I oh, didn't. I didn't like okay. audio clip you or anything, but I, I considered it heavily. <laughs> I think you just got to sing it every week now that we start our new segment. Oh no. Well, I will tell you that for today's small business shout out, Caitlin goes, it's your turn. And I went, oh shit. <laughs> Because no matter, we we, have, we know so many small business owners and we love shopping small businesses. And I'm just like, I don't, it feels like I'm picking favorites, which I'm not. Everyone will get their turn. In due time. In due time. Like there, there are only 26 small business shout outs we can do in one year because we record bi-weekly. You want to be our small business shout out though? Nominate yourself, message one of us. We'd be interested in hearing what you sell, um, more about your business, what makes you special. We, we would love to hear from some small business owners. We've just been picking like brands that we're familiar with and have shopped with. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be featured on the show, send us an email at professionallyplanned at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. In the show notes, you can find it down there or message us on Instagram. That also works. But though send I, it to us an email because it'll make us feel more professional. Yeah, though I can't guarantee that I will respond to any DMs I receive because I just get too many. And what have we what have we learned? If you want to get to Caitlin, just message M. Yes. <laughs> okay, now give me the deets on the small business of the the. All right, and while I'm giving episode. you those deets, I want you to tell look up how many unread DMs you have. It doesn't tell me. I have to like physically count them. It definitely tells me. There's There's a little thing in the corner that says how many unreads. Yeah, it's at a plus sign after it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's it's because you know it also like sends like reactions to your Instagram story as a DM or oh yeah when someone tags you in a photo also a DM (laughs) like and there are things that I like don't necessarily need to respond to you know you just like like it and then you move on but i i and then you I get something now they're buried at the bottom and now they're buried at the bottom and then the stories have expired and i'm like what what was this what did they tag me in um or like i tell myself oh i should only open dms when i actually have time to respond to them because what if i accidentally open something that requires a response and then it's not marked as unread and then i forget to respond to it and they can see that you opened it. Yeah. So then I like psych myself out of responding to things altogether. But this is another problem aside um, as me being really, really bad at responding to people. And I apologize because I know it takes time to type out a message to someone. And That's why I just text you now. <laughs> I'm much more accessible over text, but I'm not handing my number out to everyone, unfortunately. No, it is a privilege. 
I also have like 11 unread text messages. So Uh, those hurt my heart. Okay. Anyways. So the small business shout out that I've picked for today uh, is the sticker shop create with Mandy. Um, So I, I am a rep in her shop, full disclosure. Um, I do have a code. It is M10EMM10. I get absolutely nothing from it except for free stickers. So I don't get any money or anything like that. And that but, extra ego boost from knowing. Oh yeah, it's, it's all about the ego. <laughs> um, but she sells uh, like uh, waterproof die cuts, tote bags, t-shirts, stickers, in, uh, in December, she has an advent calendar where you can get 25 sheets of stickers for like, I think it's normally $100 or something, but you can usually get a discount code for it and it's cheaper. There were two different sizes of the advent calendar last year. There was a mini and a regular because I was looking at the mm-hmm. mini and I think it was only 60. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the mini was 60. And I think I did the math in one of my videos and it's like, because two minis put together is a big. And so you had 25 mm-hmm. sheets. Well, there were a few bonus ones cut in there, but it, it, it is a full value. Like you're getting at least 15 full size sheets put together. But I love her design. It's full of like neutrals and beachy vibes. She has those uh, Taylor Swift lyrics. I think you liked those ones, right, Kaylin? I have both of her Taylor Swift lyric uh, sticker sheets. I have a lot of her sticker sheets. I have like a full Simply Gilded album full of them. Yep. Um, I just got another order in the mail and I've run out of space in my sticker album for them. But her latest release, her April release was like drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And she the did books. this really cool collection of like book themed stickers that had like really pretty quotes and like stacks of books. But then she did these details that looked like they were ripped book pages that you could like mm-hmm. cluster things with. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm afraid oh, to so use them because they look so good. <laughs> oh, I love them. I love them so much. Like being on her rep team is saving me money because she sends me the stickers so I don't have to buy them because before this, I was like, and okay, full disclosure, Caitlin applied for the rep team and did not make it and she's making bitter face at me right now. And I'm very sorry. Okay, I'm a little bitter, <laughs> and I understand. <laughs> okay, as someone who has had to pick a rep team before, um, I know that, like, not everyone gets picked for the rep team, mm-hmm. and that's just how it plays out, um, and I am happy to use your code and get that 10% off, and I'm not going to stop shopping from a shop just because I didn't, like... Oh, yeah, no, 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 but she, she, you know, we all wish that Caitlin had made it as well. We being you. <laughs> and you. Okay, we as collective team here. Um, okay. But no. Um, <laughs> team professionally planned. But, you know, we put this out there, like maybe, and in, in like hopes that maybe if you're struggling with not being selected for a rep team, like mm-hmm. I've been there, I've done that many, many a time. Mm-hmm. Same with you, Em. Like not everyone makes every rep team. Like no matter like how active you are on Instagram mm-hmm. or what have you like not everyone like, makes every rep team like they're like <laughs> I'm I, like I just applied for Allie's rep team I was on her, I was on her first one but I actually I don't think I'm gonna make it this time 
because I'm on okay this is gonna sound terrible because I'm on so many other rep teams that it feels like a conflict of interest yeah you can't quit my team to join hers (laughs) I'm not I'm not quitting any teams I heard she's okay I don't want to get too off topic from like our small business shout out of Mandy but I have heard that according to Allie is starting an affiliate program which I am very very interested in yes she is doing that she has talked about that in stories so I don't feel bad saying confirming that (laughs) it's public knowledge at this point but yeah yeah okay any remaining thoughts you want to share on create with Mandy um I love her I think she's wonderful and I want to go to Florida to visit her I just want to go to Florida in general but I I I don't want to go to Florida in general but for her I would go to Florida we could go to Disney World okay do you know how expensive Disney World is Okay, the one time I went, my parents paid because I was in like seventh grade. So okay. so Disneyland, pretty affordable because there's only two, there's like two parks. It's like $150 for one day. Disney World, if you want to go to all the parks in one day, which is ridiculous anyways, is like $600. That's a lot of money. It's a lot. I don't have a lot of money, but I want to go to Disney World. <laughs> I I have gone. I I don't get me wrong. I love I love Disney. Loved Disney World. I've only been there once, and I was twenty two, I think. Which, like, I also ended up getting like heat sickness and like traumatizing small children with vomit. But like, it's still an enjoyable experience but you need to budget for it. I'm, and I'm remembering something I saw online the other day. Um, gosh, which celebrity was it? Uh, there was this video that was going around online of like a celebrity and their, their kid on the teacups at Disney World and then their bodyguard. It was Cardi B. It was Cardi B. Okay. Cardi. I, I thought it was Doja Cat for a second, but no, it was Cardi B on the teacups at Disney World. And then the security guard is in the teacup, uh, like one over and just like intently staring at them while they like turn in the teacup ride. It was hilarious. Yeah, I love that. But it's tangents, so we, gotta, we gotta move on from all these tangents for... I mean, with yeah, that tangent, it's already nine. We did really well on staying on task when we talked about the Etsy boycott, but we do have some questions from the audience that we would like to talk, talk more to mm-hmm. before we wrap things up tonight. Yeah, we're definitely not going to get to all of them, but I think we'll save some for our next episode. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Um, we should definitely save Lauren's for... Yes. I think that one needs a whole... Okay, you pick one and I'll pick one and then that'll be good. I, okay, so I'm going to pick this question is from Sulema, Sulema, one of those I hope is right, um, who asks uh, or sort of just wants advice on how to start creating content or videos without fancy gadgets. So the way I'm interpreting this at least for right now, because I like to give myself constraints, is to like how to do this potentially without without spending a whole bunch of money Mm -hmm. on things Um, or like, you know, using things that you already have, um, but like still, you know, maintaining your style and who you are on your content. 
Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I have the I have a story, a small, very small story. So I had a real go viral ish. Um, it got ninety thousand views. Ooh. I filmed it with Damn. my cell phone camera on my couch, just doing things in my bullet journal. And it wasn't even anything particularly great. <laughs> um, I think at one point I had Gil hold the camera for me because I needed to hold the page to do some lettering. And that was it. So like, you, you can go as simple or as, you know, all out as you want, but like, you don't need anything special. And I think that's the thing that people need to be reminded of because you see everyone with their tripods and their like studio lights. And it's like, you don't need it, right? Like if, if, if people want to see what you're making, they will come. Mm-hmm. That being said. <laughs> like don't invest a lot of money into like, I don't know, filming videos from the get-go, especially if you're not making money off of said videos. And you should really just like try it out and see if you like it before you start like investing Mm -hmm. money. And it's like any hobby, like the more you get into it, the more like money that you'll eventually spend on it. But I used this ring light tripod that I had gotten off of Amazon for maybe 20 bucks to film my videos for like the first year and a half. And it was falling apart and I had to like weigh it down with a sandbag so it wouldn't fall over. Mm-hmm. But I got the job done and I stuck with it for a really long time before actually upgrading to like, I think my current one cost me about $150 and it does an even better job and it it's like freestanding and whatnot. But it, it's all about like slowly upgrading things and just starting mm-hmm. with what you have the means to like, um, like actually afford. And there's a lot of fancy gadgets that are really not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know I would say like when you're filming videos like the one overhead ring light does a good enough job for me or even like a clamp that just holds your phone I don't use a camera when I film videos I just use my phone mm-hmm. uh, so I, that's a good tip right you don't need to buy a fancy camera or an iPad you can just use your cell phone and fancy camera or iPhone or iPad um takes even more equipment to like set up Mm-hmm. So you got to think about like what kind of requirements like mounting a camera has versus like just hooking your iPhone up to a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, like you don't need the side lighting or whatever. Natural lighting works best. If you could just film by a window, that will oftentimes be enough lighting. And you can do a lot of stuff in post-production where you can like lighten things or increase the contrast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm filming like my Instagram reels and I want to jump off of your story that you were telling earlier, I do have like a tiny little um, like tabletop tripod that can like increase different angles or whatever. And it's, I don't know, maybe eight inches tall and it just holds my phone and I can use it when I'm filming like my daily plan with me kind of stuff. But sometimes like the technology gets in the way or it doesn't film in the the angle that you want it to. You want to be writing and you can't do that when the tripod's in the way. And this, this will be a, a fun little secret for those of you who listen to this podcast. Um, sometimes I hold my phone between my feet and then film with my, or write with my hands. Oh, I hope you're not writing with your feet. I sometimes will, I'll take my phone and put it in between my chin and my boob sometimes. 
to like really get the angle and then hold it but it doesn't last very long <laughs> yeah feet filming doesn't work very well either but it, it like if you need like a two second clip for a reel like just make do with what you have oftentimes I find myself holding my phone in one hand and just kind of like um, bracing it against the floor or like mm -hmm. um I'll, I'll use like pencil bags to like prop things up or if you have like a high surface you can just kind of lean it so the camera goes off the edge of it and you can film from above that way mm -hmm. but the like, gadgets are not necessary mm -mm. it's more about ingenuity <laughs> yeah no it's like I remember I used to be super and I still am sometimes I'm like I don't need a studio light I'm not gonna get studio lights so I would just go outside and take my photos I, I would sometimes just hold my planner over grass and it was like I liked it I liked how that looked sometimes if you have a poster board you can go outside with the poster board take it outside you know things mm -hmm. like that um but like and oftentimes the photos that you take with natural light and like no yeah. artificial light whatsoever turn out a lot better than the ones where you're filming like mm -hmm. right now it's dark outside so if I were to like take a picture on my like coffee table with the ring lights and the studio lights it still wouldn't show up as well as if I just took it at like noon on the poster board that I have by the window mm -hmm. and I mean there's something to be said about like how bright the paper is because mm -hmm. like when I switched from my Rhytosaurus to my Moxie Life uh the my Moxie Life paper is much brighter it's a much brighter white so I don't actually have to use the studio lights to make it look brighter Mm -hmm. but like I mean I think the only things that you really need in order to start you know making content is something to film with and oftentimes like phones these days are the best way to do that most yep. convenient way to do that the audio quality is good sometimes I mean when I'm like editing things I'll manually adjust it up because I do talk kind of quiet but like that's the only like thing you really need is just something to film with Mm -hmm. like you know I've I've got an overhead tripod I just got a new tripod that will hold my phone so I don't have to hold it but like you know those aren't those aren't needs you just you just need something to film with and it, like Caitlin was saying sort of the ingenuity to make it work hopefully that answers your question I think both of us have like Amazon storefronts or whatever I don't Okay, well, I do, uh, where like you can go and see exactly what we're using um, and uh, tons of influencers do, um, but like, you know, you don't need it. At least to start, just start with, start small. Yes, start small. Okay, um, I am going to pick a question and then maybe we do one more after this because I, I do... I think maybe we touch on this last one on the list at the end, but I'm going to go with Pam's question of tips on growing your following. Side note, you all are awesome. Had to include that in there because I just I need the ego boost today. Wish I knew. <laughs> tips <laughs> on growing your following? <laughs> I mean, number one tip on growing your following is just being like genuine on your mm. on your social media platforms because people can tell when you're being fake even if you're like think you're being really good at being like fake um or I mean you probably don't go out there intending to be fake but like 
people can tell when you're not being yourself and you're trying to like present yourself in a way that like minimizes your humanly flaws or like stuff like that and I think I just I've kind of embraced the fact that I am also human and people want to see human when they go on social media and they want to be oh yeah with you people when you're like, like like to laugh at me and I'm like that's fine <laughs> I get laughed at all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm hilarious, but uh, that that little nugget aside, um, nugget. I think like being genuine is like the one like tip on consistently growing your following. Um, to get people to like find you in the first place is definitely the most difficult part. Like I, I go through lulls where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not gaining any new followers. And in fact, I'm losing a lot of followers. Um, and that comes from a combination of factors and it's normal to lose followers. Like, I think people don't say that enough. Like it's normal that like on any given day, people will unfollow you. And that's for a number of reasons. Like they, Instagram could be cleaning up bot accounts that are like fake accounts. Um, so that counts as an unfollow if their account gets deleted. People might just not want to be on planner social media anymore and delete their accounts or like unfollow all the planner stuff. Um, sometimes they just people will pick the like smallest thing you say and they just don't agree with it and they'll unfollow you and you know what water off a duck's back like it doesn't really matter like people unfollow for all sorts of different reasons and we just need to embrace the fact that like it's not a constantly upward projection that you're aiming yeah. for you cannot take it personally Mm-mm. no I would say in addition to all of that stuff that we've talked about it's like definitely the biggest thing, like Caitlin said, is, you know, be authentic, be genuine. Also make reels. <laughs> yeah. From a more technical standpoint, um, if we're going to talk about the things like on Instagram that get you the most activity on your on your account, mm-hmm. reels, um, diversifying like, your, your content mm-hmm. and working on different platforms too. If you're making Instagram reels, you might as well be cross-posting them to TikTok, which is another growing platform. I mean, that's not for everybody and, you know, it's however involved you want to get with it, but. Yeah. Instagram likes, basically it, it likes to promote material that is shareable or savable. So making things, you know, like infographics, you see those that get posted all the time. You can make some that are relevant more to your area of expertise or whatever. Um, but reels are the big thing because they bring in attention to your profile. And then if they like what you're, doing in general you know usually you'll get a follow out of it or something like that and even if like someone sees your reel and they like like your reel and they don't follow you instagram then knows that you're producing quality content and will push your posts out Mm -hmm. to more people um and another thing about instagram and i I feel like this this question is more geared towards like instagram from my understanding Mm -hmm. um not like youtube or anything else but we'll be focusing on instagram um Instagram loves any kind of content you create that can get people to stay on their app longer um, Mm -hmm. or interact with their features. So when you're using your Instagram stories, a great way to get your engagement up and get people to like view your stories, they'll push them out to more people, is if you're using things like the different story features, like asking questions where people can like write in questions or respond to a question the polls where you can like click yes or no or between two options, um, including like 
links to like your Instagram posts or like posting your reels to your stories, that kind of thing. Anything that can get people to stay on their app longer, that makes them very happy with you. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think also in addition, right, that is like that you need to be creating content that you're proud of, I think, in a way. And that like, so for example, you know, spreads, mm-hmm. make spreads that you like. Don't make spreads that you, just because you think somebody else is going to like it or that it'll go viral or anything like that. Just make or, something yeah. that you like that resonates with you. And if people, those people that are following you, it's most likely going to resonate with them as well. And I've seen people who will take like a very well-known like planner account and just recreate whatever they're doing in the hopes of gaining the same kind of following that that person has. And that never works out. That never pans out because going back to this first point, like you're not being genuine. Uh, You're trying to like do someone else. You're trying to be someone else. And that's not what like is going to get you more followers. Um, And also people can really tell like, Mm-hmm. where where your inspiration is coming from if it's coming from someone more well-known and yeah I want to see a Pam spread I don't want to see a Caitlin spread or an M spread I want to see a Pam spread you know and you, to clarify Emma's saying that because Pam is the one who asked this question <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um, I do I do also want to see a Caitlin spread but like I want to see you. the Caitlin spread from Caitlin and I want to see the Pam spread from Pam exactly um and you know, it's a, it's a long, it's a long game of growing your following and it's not going to be overnight and it's not going to be immediate and going viral is the most, like the tiniest little percentage of a possibility, Mm -hmm. like never rely on going viral to get you followers. It's more about like investing into the account. And when you're sharing content, also making sure that the content you're posting has like meaning and worth behind it. Like whenever you post something on Instagram, like, is it quality content? Have you put work into this or are you just slapping something up to like make a post for the day? Um, is it something- Okay, let's not go that far. <laughs> I, I I'm agree. feeling so attacked right now. I'm not attacking you. I never called your, your quality bad. And I wasn't, but like- there, there is like value in things like good lighting there's value in like staging a photo um all those things and then just like worthwhile like is is someone who views this photo gaining anything from looking at it um in addition to like you know and gaining something from it is like a relative term you could be getting inspired by it that's that's mm-hmm. definitely something that is worth worthwhile um but like posting shouldn't be just about like you getting something from it it's kind of a two-way street mm-hmm. no and it's it I think going back to what we were talking about earlier you can tell who is sort of in this Instagram game to like we said be famous or go viral or whatever or who's actually interested in building a community and like getting to know the people in their following family or whatever <laughs> like and so I think I think that I have personally enjoyed Instagram more once I got out of the headspace of growing a following and got more into the headspace of having a community 
Mm -hmm. Because I think before, right, I'd say pre-2020, I was all like, I'm going to get 10,000 followers and then I'm going to have the swipe up feature. And then they got rid of the swipe up feature. They did get rid of the swipe up feature. I still don't have 10,000 followers, but it's not the point, right? Like if, if I had never gotten out of that mindset, I never, like, I probably never would have really gotten to know Caitlin or, or Lupita or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. because I was being a piece of shit. And I know that this is not what, what Pam was talking about. Right. But yeah. like, I think that you, I think that you'll have a more fun experience on social media if you view it as a communal sort of space rather than a competition. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's like the thing that we keep coming back to in the planner community at like, um, like all the time, this community over competition thing. Mm-hmm. And Except we sometimes it is a competition. We can speak to that a little bit more in the future, but mm-hmm. I think we just can leave that at that for now. And I do want to touch on one of Roberta's questions because she asked a few. Um, So which one do you want to pick? Oh, is it the, how are we so awesome? Was that a question? No, that was not, that was not a question. Although if you want to speak to that, you could (laughs) feel free to tell me why you're so awesome, Em. I'm going to pick the one where only you talk. I'm going to pick the one. um, Caitlin, what, who or what inspired you to start your sticker shop? This is a targeted question. Um, it is a targeted question. It was only targeted to you. Who or what inspired me to start my sticker shop? I had been playing around with it for a while. And I think my main concern with um, starting a sticker shop was that the market was oversaturated, which it has only gotten more saturated since I um, started the sticker shop. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. That just means there's more quality options for stickers out there. Um, but that was like my initial deterring factor was I was terrified of like a saturated saturated market. I didn't think I was going to produce anything that was of value to other people or that other people would like. But I just really like drawing. And my undergrad degree is in art. Um, I, I went to school thinking I was going to be an art teacher. And that didn't pan out for me. Um, well, my parents thought I was going to be an art teacher. I wanted to just be a studio artist. And, you know, there's not jobs in that. There's not jobs in art history, but I guess I guess a few more than studio art. So it was a transition for me from coming from my undergrad where I was actively doing studio classes and making art every day to going into grad school where most of my work involves like writing papers and like looking at art, but not actually getting to make the art. And it's, it was kind of depressing. Like it kind of depressed me quite a bit. Like I didn't feel like I was making anything. What were you going to say? Like that sounds super depressing. <laughs> I like such a big part of my life has been like making things. And I, I feel like making things has always been like tied to my identity. And I was feeling like I was, I had that creative outlet when I was doing the planners. Um, but at the same time, it, it didn't quite feel like I was making things enough. Um, like I wasn't like drawing things from scratch and that's something that I wanted to be doing. Um, and it it just didn't feel like 
I just didn't feel completely creatively fulfilled from that. And like, for some people, that's like all the creative fulfillment that you need is just like making planner spreads. But I had just kind of been like, I need to, I need to be drawing. I need to be doing something. I got an iPad for my birthday in, or, intending to use it to take like notes for school. And I'm like, I just kind of want to try out the digital drawing. I had hated the idea of digital drawing before I got the iPad. I'm like, it's not the same as like colored paper, colored pencils and watercolor. It's not going to be the same. It's going to feel weird. But I got it and I started playing around with it and I had all these ideas. And I'm like, maybe I just make stickers for myself. Wouldn't it be fun if I just made stickers for myself and then it'd be a lot easier than drawing things directly in the planner? I already had the Cricut and I was making stickers from like free printables online or like taking Pinterest images and putting them on sticker paper and cutting things out. And I'm like, I could just make them. So I tried it. I started making things for myself and I posted a couple things to my Instagram stories and people were like, I really like that. Are you opening an Etsy shop? Are you going to open an Etsy shop? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open an Etsy shop. And it was a big leap. Um, and I don't think I knew completely what I was getting myself into when I made that decision, but it was one of the best decisions I could have made. I'm feeling very fulfilled creatively by being able to like make things at the volume that I'm doing, like actually um, like making money off of like making things, which definitely helps with that trade-off. And then it's really fulfilling to like see your artwork in other people's planners. And like, like it, it's, it's so heartwarming to like be like, they, they picked my artwork of any of the artwork that they could have picked to put in their planners. They picked mine. Um, so it's been like a really fun little journey in making things, but I think the initial inspiration to go back to this question that I have been lingering on for so long is this like, who or what inspired you to start your sticker shop biz? Um, was honestly just like, I wasn't feeling creatively fulfilled and I was feeling kind of depressed and I just needed to do something with my hands and it kind of blossomed into this whole thing. I don't know why you were like gesturing with your hand and it made me think it's like, honestly, the inspiration was you. And I'm like, Whoa! It was M. It was M all along. No, no I'm just a hand no. talker. You, you can't get that from the podcast, but I'm a little bit of a hand talker. So now I have a question then though. Mm -hmm. So would you ever want to do this, like running your business full time? I'd love to, honestly. Like I'm I'm having a real hard time with like school right now. Like, and I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Um, but like school has been a lot like yeah. mentally the stress has been getting to like my physical health as well mm -hmm. and the one thing I would love to do is like run the sticker shop full time but you know that raises a lot of issues with like maintaining health insurance because when you're mm -hmm. self-employed you don't get insurance through your employer because you are your employer <laughs> so you got to do like like you could do like Obamacare or something like that but that's a lot of like work and hoops to jump through um and then I'm like, why did I get all these degrees? Just if I'm going to like stay home all day and make stickers. So I don't know what the future mm. holds right now. And I'm still trying to figure that all out. Um, it's been a long time coming, but like in an ideal world, I would turn this into something bigger. Um, and I'd absolutely love to be able to prioritize it a bit more because it does kind of take a backseat to some things right now. Hence the not responding to the Etsy messages and getting that star seller badge or like, okay, no, you, that was never going to happen. 
or you know how bad I am with DMs um or like you know I'd like to be able to to like sit down and pack orders like for a couple hours each day rather than devoting like all day Saturday to it or um I work into the middle of the night most nights like I get done with like a school day of like 10 hours and then I'll pack orders for like three or four hours at night like I'd love to make it like a full-time job because I feel like the amount of work I'm putting into it could equate to a full-time job Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah I will say like if if you were to stop doing grad school for example it, it is it's hard to go back to it after experiencing life outside of it yeah so I've heard and I keep having this conversation with my parents about like well what do I want to do if I'm not doing school and they would love they want me to like succeed obviously mm-hmm. and you know like as parents they would like me to succeed in a way that has job security um so they're more in the in the line of like you need to get a full-time job with benefits that is like a nine to five and I don't think I've ever been a nine to five kind of person you are not a nine to five you first of all I think we've determined you're a 10 to eight kind of gal 10 to eight um (laughs) I, I I've been playing through a lot of different scenarios and like would love to do something more creative that still has that flexibility of like full-time work. So my parents are like a little nervous, understandably, that there is a possibility that I take this this Etsy shop full-time or like work retail and then do the Etsy shop because, you know, when I, I'll have a master's degree very, very soon. And I don't think they really want to see their, their child who is gotten all these degrees end up just like not doing anything with them like I think they want to see me in a relevant field to like what I've studied so long Mm -hmm. for but at the same time you know it's your life do what makes you happy because like life life is too short to just like fart around trying to meet other people's expectations and trying to make other people happy and but also get health insurance. Get health insurance, number one. Like if the, if the one deterring fact, like the one thing that's hardest for me in school is like managing health. I think health insurance would be something that I would like to have. Yeah, um, I'm like, um, marry, uh, marry Nick and make sure that he gets a job that has health insurance. He's already told me he's not going to marry me for the insurance. I asked asked about it. (laughs) You don't think I asked? First first question. So can we get married so I can have health insurance? No, you need to find a job. (laughs) Rude. I know. We're not getting married on the basis of health insurance. I'm like, okay. I understand. Getting married on the basis of love, the health insurance just comes next. My love for health insurance. <laughs> Not that I don't love Nick. I love Nick. Um, and we've been together for like two years and some months now. Um, but yeah. like He also doesn't listen to this podcast. So we should be I, I talked to him earlier. He said he would listen to an episode. So okay, maybe this we'll one. See. If you're listening to this, hi, Nick. Hope you're enjoying your health insurance. I'm not. <laughs> How's your copay? <laughs> oh, God. Mm, so, I love 
you so much. I think we've I think we've answered the questions from the audience for today. But if you if you dear listener have questions that you'd like to ask us, um, our email address is always open. I think we're gonna start trying to post question boxes to our stories more regularly and accumulating Mm -hmm. questions. And if we don't get to your question in the episode, it is on the list for next episode. It's like Mm -hmm. a rollover system. Unless it sucks, but we haven't encountered that yet. No, we haven't had any sucky questions. Um, Although, when I asked Nick, do you have any questions for the the podcast? He, this might be a reference that goes over your head because it went over my head. He asked me, yeah, who killed JR? It's from Dallas, apparently, some show called Dallas. Oh, that's, that's real old. It's really dated. And he's not even that old, but he, he, thought, he thought we could talk about the show Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know about Dallas is when I think on The Office they played da- like the Dallas board game. I, I don't even know if I've seen that episode, but maybe he just doesn't understand the scope of this podcast, which is a very wide net. Oh, this, this podcast of- has no scope. How old is he? 32. Oh. 31, 32, somewhere in that range. It's a seven year age gap. Yeah, that's a, how? Okay, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, we'll this get to the a... topic later. Um, <laughs> we can't put all of our content in one episode. Otherwise, no one will listen again. I can't give you all of my secrets. You already know that I film with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, um, we're going to just wrap this up. What's what's your happy thing this week? <laughs> I forgot that you filmed with your feet. <laughs> that that actually might be it. Although I will say, I feel like my happy thing is always going to be a book. But I am going to go read a book after this. It's called Arusha and the Nectar of Immortality. It's the fifth book in Rushani Chakshi's Pandava cycle chronicle saga whatever it's the Mm -hmm. fifth book it's the last book it's really good it's perfect for uh middle grade readers if you like percy jackson you'll like this Mm -hmm. um yeah it's really good it makes me laugh and it feels sort of like warm inside feet oh my god i don't even like feet but i hate feet i hate them so much i try to keep my socks on because i don't want my bare feet touching my phone This is too much information. If you're listening to this podcast, this is an inside secret. You can't tell anyone. You can't let anyone know or I'd be ruined. This will be the thing I get canceled over. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you this. Next time I post a reel, you can just post foot emojis in the comment section and we'll know. We will know. (laughs) Hold me to that. (laughs) I'm gonna go back and comment on old ones. No, you can't. <laughs> so for the next week, if you see me comment on Caitlin's reels with a foot emoji, now you'll know what it means. You'll be privy to the secret. Okay, what's your happy thing? Um, well, I'm really happy about all of the things from the Stony Clover Lane Target collab, but that was like last week's. Um I have a couple like Etsy orders that are in the mail or should be in the mail soon. Um, so I ordered like a bunch of different things, like according to Allie, 
MU's designs. I think I have two with Alicia and Michelle right now. I got Lupita's shop, which is LPTG Creates. Um, I, I ordered from somewhere else, but I can't remember where it was. Oh, I got a Taylor Swift sweatshirt from some, some shop online that was really cool. I showed you that one, but a lot of Etsy orders that are, or just small business orders that are in the mail. Um, as far as fun things go, I'm gonna see my sister for parents weekend tomorrow. Um, and it's not even her parents weekend. She was busy during her parents weekend. So she was like, come this weekend. So I'm gonna go see my, my parents um, and the dog. I get to see the dog tomorrow, which is always very exciting. My parents' dog. Well, plus in three months, we could potentially get to see each other and be weird in real life. That's true. We could do a live episode. That was my exact thought. <laughs> we um, have a live studio audience and it's Gil. It's Gil and the cats. <laughs> I think what I'm most excited about has been planning with the new designs that I have in my shop. Because I filmed a catch-all video last night that I'm actually very excited to share the end result of. And it'll be live by the time this podcast goes live. But I... I planned with my geese, my, yeah. my goose stickers. That was my attempt at a goose impression. It didn't really work very well. Make some angry honking noises. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful goose. <laughs> you silly goose, you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't have anything like that specific, but. No, that counts. Little joys are everything. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think I forgot you had a sister. Yeah, I do have a sister and a brother. Yeah, I think I knew about the brother. I know about the dog. You know about the dog? I think Mocha? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's her yeah. name. She's that's not even Mocha. I usually remember the dog names, not the human names. Yeah. Okay, but I, that's it. We're wrapping it. up, folks. This has been another episode of Professionally Planned with Caitlin and M. And are you ready for these jazz? Yes. Yes gonna hit end recording with my feet. <laughs> <laughs>